This episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by Hub City Comedy. Don't miss comedian Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg on Friday, October the 19th, 2018. Show starts at 8 p.m. Hattiesburg Sanger right here in the Hub City. It's the night before homecoming, so come in town a little early. Check out some comedy. You may have seen Hannibal uh, in the movie Spider-Man, Neighbors, Tag, Daddy's Home. He said specials on Comedy Central. He said specials on Netflix. You've seen him on just about all of the late night TV shows, the Eric Andre show, the Broad City on Comedy Central. The list goes on and on. So check out Hannibal. Don't miss the show. Google him. Make sure he's your speed of comedy before you come out. But that's Friday, October the 19th. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg the night before homecoming. We'll see you there. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am Jamie Arrington. With me as always, Southern Miss Black Ops and tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. What's up, brother? Here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda, and we got a little bit of that this past weekend, to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We've got a great show lined up today. Let's not waste any time. we got to talk about this Auburn game, but first, we have a very special guest. You may know him as the Chief Communication Officer at the University of Southern Mississippi. Please welcome Jim Cole. So you get to ask people this on your podcast. So I got to ask you, what is your Southern Miss story? Well, I'm originally from New Orleans, uh, Brother Martin High School, and came as a student in the mid-90s. So I got to see some of the the great Southern Miss football teams uh, with the days Thomas and some of the other folks you've had on your show before. Uh, graduated, went to work in newspapers, was a sports writer, was a news writer, was a news editor, um, then had the opportunity to come back to work for the Alumni Association. A guy by the name of Bob Pierce was the executive director of the Alumni Association at the time. He hired me. I started doing their communications work. Uh, a lot of people are familiar, a lot of people in your audience are familiar with the Talon. That was my primary project when I worked at the Alumni Association and worked there for five or six years and then had the great opportunity to come work as the director for university communications and the also chief communication officer when Martha Saunders was president. So she hired me in this role and I have been doing that ever since. You know, I didn't know you were from New Orleans, and, and like ever since you said that a second ago, I can hear it now in your accent just a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to hide every uh, – there, there are sentences, there are certain words, and uh, but now it's, it's interesting because I've been in Mississippi so long that – that there there are phrases that are now very Mississippi as well in my accent. Well, you seem like somebody who kind of, even if you didn't have this job, you still would have that Southern Miss spirit about you. Well, I I think that I very much my personality and my approach to 
to sort of everything is a very Southern Miss approach to things. And so I think I fit in very well here. And so it, it really helps me in my work and that I, I think that there are the way I approach life is very much like you see some things that Southern Miss, how Southern Miss approaches things. So that sort of grit and determination and persistence and consistency of effort and all, all those things that your athletics teams reflect or reflect in your athletics teams and, and the university as a whole. I think that that's sort of my personality as well. So there's, there's a lot that, that attracts me to Southern Miss, even though, even if I wouldn't be employed here. Tell us a little bit about your role at the university. So I, I'm the chief communication officer and the director of university communications. And so there's sort of two, two functions. One is directing the university communications office. And so that we do uh, news and media relations. We have uh, a part of us that are what we call creative services, which is your graphic designers, posters, brochures, rack cards, those types of things. Um, we, we do the look and feel of the website, uh, social media, and then also marketing any sort of large scale advertising campaign that you would see, uh, on behalf of the university would be run through our office. So that's, that's half of it. And then the other half of it is as a public relations advisor to President Bennett and other administrators. So, uh, quite frequently you'll see me as, uh, quoted in different news articles speaking on behalf of the university. Um, but that's the other part of it. What's it like working with Dr. Bennett? Oh, he's great. Um, he has a lot of enthusiasm for this university and a lot of enthusiasm for the success of our students. And I think that that's sort of the biggest thing that I feed off of from him is, is having that passion to, for seeing Southern Miss students succeed. Now that's, that's in the classroom, of course, but, but even beyond that in life. And, and so, he is truly committed and passionate about seeing uh, young people come to Southern Miss, starting as freshmen, helping them along their way, getting them across the graduation stage, and then going on into bigger, better things in the world. And I, I think that that not only do I feed off of that, but but a lot of faculty and staff do as well. And then he came in right away. He came into a, 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 a kind of a difficult situation, and it kind of seems like. There, there were a lot of things happening at one time with the university, but it kind of feels like now everything's starting to settle out from the tornadoes to everything else. Yeah, so interestingly, the I had spoken with him for probably about five minutes um, prior to having to work with him almost 24-7 when the tornado, the tornado recovery started. So he, if you recall, he started on – or he was – named president of the university on a Thursday. Uh, he had gone back to Georgia, and then on Sunday evening is when the tornado hit campus. And, and so by Monday morning, he was back here, and, and we were working full steam and, and, and trying to make the recovery as, as, as quick and as complete as we could. And so my first my first opportunity to work with him was under that under that situation and um i'll never forget the first sort of big press conference that we had was that monday morning in, in the thad Cochran center and the, of course governor bryant were there was there and congressman palazzo and and all sorts of fema and mema officials and uh we had abc and cnn and 
CBS and, and everybody can think of. And that was my that was my first real conversation with Dr. Bennett was was at that press conference or right before he stepped up to the microphone at that press conference. Um, but then ever since, um, we had a great have a great working relationship with him, and he's been um, leading this university very well, and and a lot of good things uh, happening right now. This is. I can't remember a time in my in my position now. I've been here, been in this position for seven years now, where it feels like we've got this, we've got more momentum right now than I can ever remember. When you're talking about enrollment, the the record freshman class, an academically gifted and talented freshman class, record freshman class. Uh, when you talk about the research funding that's coming in, whether it's the opening of the Marine Research Center in Gulfport or the Marine Education Center in Ocean Springs. Um, or the private giving, uh, the USM Foundation had a record-breaking year last year. Sort of all of the metrics that we measure the institution's success by are, are heading in a good direction right now. And that's that's a credit to not only President Bennett, but the many, many faculty and staff that work so hard at this institution. Last time I visited your office, well, the building there, I noticed awards everywhere. And we are kind of, you know, the Southern Miss way is kind of uh, do more with less. And it seems like you guys kind of pride yourself on doing a good job. Well, we have a good team. There's no doubt about it. And we have a team that loves Southern Miss and is willing to work hard for Southern Miss. And sort of the Southern Miss way, as you said, is to come in and, and work hard. And we may not have resources uh, like a lot of our competitors, but no one's going to beat us because they outwork us. And I think that that's not just a university communications sort of approach to work, but but a university approach to work. And what I think we do better, and and I'm bragging on my staff here, but what I think we do better than anybody is, from a marketing perspective, is sort of drawing a line to to the finish from from the ad. So I, I think we market smarter than anyone, and and part of that is because we have to. And we have to account for every dollar and we have to get the most use out of every resource. Um, but I think we do a better job of proving what we're doing uh, works well. And I think you're seeing that in, in the the way in which we set up our admissions folks for success when they when they meet with respective students, the way we set up our development office success when they go meet with potential donors and, and so on and so forth. Talk a little bit about the use of new media and how it relates to engaging students, prospective students, alumni, and the general public. Well, I, I don't think we have a, a meeting at University Communications where I don't talk about how we're going to change what we're doing and, and not necessarily trying to give people permission to change, but I think as communication professionals, we have an obligation to change because of how it's changing so quickly. If we're doing the same thing we were doing a year ago, uh, we're we're definitely falling behind if we're if we're not failing. And, and so I can't tell you what the next thing's going to be. I can't tell you what the next Instagram or the next Snapchat's going to be, but I know it's going to be something. And, and I know we have to be flexible. And I know we have to uh, respond to those changes in the communication world and landscape, and and, and be ready to do what it takes to reach the people that we're trying to reach. And so we use different tools to reach different audiences, right? So that prospective student audience is really important to us. 
um, but also that alumni audience, you know, fans of our athletics teams, um, friends of the institution, community members, and and legislators, and and all those different groups. And sometimes it takes a little bit different message, a little bit different way to reach each of them. But we've got to we've got to keep sort of our eye on the on the ball and in four or five different places at once. But but that's that's what we do, and that's uh, what our team is used to. Our um, our show is centered around athletics and me and Jason talking about ourselves and our shenanigans. But tell us, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about how athletics impacts the university. Well, it's it's a number of ways. Um, the from my perspective, and for the work that we do in marketing and branding for the institution, what's really important is that because athletics is so visible and because that is a lot of uh, the first sort of look that a lot of people have of the institution, it's really important that the brand of the athletics teams it reflects the brand of the university. And that's not always the case at, at every institution in every city for every athletics team, uh, but it has been the case for Southern Miss, and we've been very fortunate that when we talk about the personality traits of Southern Miss in this institution, I've already referred to the grit and the determination and the persistence. Uh, that is frequently reflected in our athletics teams. And so you look at a performance like last Saturday at Auburn, and a lot of people were proud of that performance because of how hard the team played and because of the grit and the, the sort of fight that they they displayed. And And that's what Southern Miss is. That's what, not a, whether it's recovering from a tornado or I would even trace it all the way back to the founding of the institution and the legislative fight to to found found Southern Miss, um, and that's that's deep and, and it's been something that's been with us for a long time and it is very real for Southern Miss. And so what you want is that that brand of the athletics team to reflect the brand of the institution. So what they're seeing with the fans, with people that are getting their first look into what the University of Southern Mississippi is all about, what they're seeing is then reflected in the institution as well, and those things are consistent, and I think that it, it typically is. What are your thoughts on the football season thus far? Well, I, you're, you're getting a little bit out of my uh, realm, <laughs> uh, my area of expertise, uh, you know, kind of into into from, from Jim Call, Chief Communication Officer, Jim Call fan. Uh, of course, you know, you always, I always want us to win every game. Uh, but I do, uh, again, I, I sort of look at it a little different. And when I go to a football game or when I analyze the football season, I, I'm looking at more than wins and losses. I'm looking at are the people on campus having a good experience when they're here? I'm looking at are our student athletes uh, representing the institution in the way in which we would wanted to represent? I, I'll tell you, for an example, how I look at a game, even from the stands, uh, a couple of our student athletes come to mind just because they've they've been in the news lately. So so Nick Mullins, you know, just uh, signed to the active roster with the 49ers. Yeah. I, I can remember Nick. And this is how I watch a game. I can remember Nick as a freshman, um, as we were beginning uh, sort of the the rebirth of, of Southern Miss football, uh, throwing interceptions. 
And, and but what I remember most about that was the way he responded when he did. And, and it wasn't hang my head. Oh, here we go again. It was I'm, he ran off the field. He got coached up and then he came back out there and he tried harder. Um, same thing with uh, Raheem Nunez Roches. I, I can remember him playing specifically in a game against Alabama in the second half, giving the Alabama offensive line fits in a game in which was really sort of out of reach uh, for us at the time. But he was going 100%, and, and that's what I that's what I'm looking for uh, when I watch a game. I'm looking to see how our student athletes are are handling themselves, how they are, are they representing the university well? I'm looking to see if our guests on campus are having a great time. If that experience is good, I'm looking to see um, all these other things that maybe aren't aren't taking place um, between the whistles or between the lines. But and that's that's my hope is that everybody who comes on campus has a great time, has a good experience, and then do then goes goes back wants to come back wants to come back to a game, wants to enroll if they're a prospective student, wants to give if they're an alumni or fans, wants to buy a season ticket if they're if they're a fan. That's that's what I'm looking for. I noticed that the administration building, I believe the renovation is now done. Uh can you tell us a little bit about some of the renovations and improvements going on around campus? Well we have we have a lot going on. Um currently on the Hattiesburg campus, the biggest construction projects would be the Joseph Green Hall renovation and then the volleyball facility over there by the Paint Center, which which I'm sure your listeners are, are pretty familiar with. Um, but then also on the Gulf Coast, the, as I mentioned, the Marine Research Center, that we just broke, we just cut the ribbon on that a couple weeks ago. And that is a just incredible facility at the Port of Gulfport. It's a $12.2 million facility. And that's going to serve as the home of our uh, School of Ocean, Ocean Science and Engineering. Um, it's also where the, the Point Sur, which is our largest research vessel, is housed. And those folks down there are doing fantastic work and really, I think, are gaining a, a national and an international reputation for the work that they're doing. You know, Southern Miss has been known in the past for for a lot of things, um, including football, including polymer science. But I think we're really getting a reputation in the ocean sciences as well, and it's largely a result of the the work that's happening down on the Gulf Coast. You've got a podcast. Tell us a little bit about Southern Miss Stories. So uh, Southern Miss Stories is is a series of interviews with with alumni um, and. It is pretty much as as we have time, uh, as we see interesting stories going out and talking to really whoever whoever interests us at the at the time. That typically has been it's been people that have been in the news or uh, faces that people would recognize. Um, for for instance, I think the first one was with Brian Dozier, um, and then Katie Dixon, who was on MasterChef for uh, last year or the year before. Uh, the latest one that's coming out is with David Sheffield, and if you if you don't know who David Sheffield, if you don't know the name, you certainly know his work. And as a comedian, you'll you know all the Saturday Night Live sketches that David was a, was a part of, and and all the all the screenwriting, the, the movie credits that he has under his belt. Um, but just a incredibly funny person, and a Southern Miss alum, and was coming back to teach a 
a class of uh, for some students in, in in journalism mass communication um but really enjoy talking to those folks and, and really enjoy hearing their their southern miss stories and and what's been interesting to me is their their common threads and all these all these people no matter no matter who they are they talk about the same things when they talk about southern miss and that's really encouraging to me from a from a marketing perspective is that they have similar experience. They all talk about the warmth and hospitality of the institution. They always talk about the opportunities that they had that Southern has provided them. And they always talk about how there were certain faculty or staff members that came alongside them and, and helped them on their way to being successful. Southern Miss, right smack dab in the middle of the city of Hattiesburg. Talk a little bit about the relationship between the university and the city. Well, it's a really good one, uh, and Southern Miss enjoys uh, a relationship with its host city in Hattiesburg that a lot of institutions don't. And certainly, President Bennett and Mayor Barker have a good relationship, with good relationship with the city council, uh, really a good relationship with with all the government entities from local up to the federal level right now. Um, but lately, uh, we've we've had several announcements with with the city of Hattiesburg and doing a lot of a lot of new uh, helpful um, and initiatives and programs with the city, including the the transit system. Which so now there are city there are hub city transit buses running on our campus, which uh, helps certainly with with parking on campus. Um, but it's also free to students, faculty, and staff for the entire system. So you can take a Hub City Transit bus. If you're a faculty member or staff member or student down downtown Hattiesburg, and ride back for free. Uh, so that's one thing. We've also had an agreement where we're working through the final details. But City of Hattiesburg firefighters and police officers are going to be able to take courses that the city is is helping with the cost of, and we're helping with the cost of, and, and helping them uh, advance their education. And that we think that that's going to help or the city thinks that that's going to help with retention of their officers and firefighters, which is a really good thing. But you can sort of go on and on, but it feels like that there's something new every week that either the city is introducing to us or we're introducing to the city and and really enjoying that, that relationship. I think the last time I had you on the show, I think the only other time was homecoming last year. And homecoming is right around the corner. I think everybody I know is getting focused, motivated. I'm getting all kind of calls from people coming back into town. What does the university have going on during homecoming week? And uh, how are you preparing for all of the uh, the return of the alumni and the game? Well, we've got uh, another fantastic homecoming planned in sort of the big traditional Public events would uh, include the parade. Um, the Alumni Association, of course, has their golf tournament and the Alumni Hall of Fame. We've got a great Alumni Hall of Fame class this year. Uh, Adeus Thomas is part of that uh, part of that class. Kathleen Koch, who was a CNN reporter. Uh, of course, Jimmy Buffett, who was I, I recognized back when he was in town a, a few months ago, is part of this class. So we've got the Alumni Hall of Fame class on, on Friday evening. And then, of course, the homecoming parade on Sunday morning, and then the kickoff at 6 o'clock on Saturday. So what's next for Southern Miss? What's next for the university? Well, we're going to continue to hopefully grow. Uh, President Bennett has some some bold um, enrollment goals, not only for Hattiesburg, but for the Gulf Coast. Uh, I think you're going to see 
academic programs, uh, initiation of new academic programs that help meet the, the needs of the uh, 21st century workforce. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans and alumni out there? Well, we're very grateful for the support of our uh, alumni friends and, and fans of the institution. We wouldn't be where we are today without it. But if we're going to move forward as an institution, we're going to need your continued support. And so please continue to give. Please can give your, not only your money, but your, but your time. Come to the games. Spend time with our students. Uh, assist them on the way in the same way that, that we were all assisted at the times that we were students. Um, and that's going to be the best way to move this institution forward. That was Jim Cole. Jason, man, that dude is as Southern Miss as they come. What a good guy. You know, he uh, he stopped by the tent before the games a couple times, and uh, he's reached out through Messenger and text before, and um, he even got us uh, he got us some Southern Miss swag last year, and um, I'm still wearing one of those hats. So, uh, fantastic guy. You know, I love those little those little um, I guess they're podcasts too that he puts out about Southern Miss stuff, and yeah. um, I know he interviewed Dozier. Um, he's interviewed a few entrepreneurs from Southern Miss, and in uh, that last one that he put out about the gold leaf, I don't know if anybody heard that one, but that was really cool to hear about the secret societies on campus. And um, yeah, man, Golden Eagle through and through, and I want to grow up to be just like Jim. Good luck. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the game this past weekend. Southern Miss at the Auburn Tigers. That's Saturday, September the 29th. It aired on the SEC Network, and before we talk about the game, let's talk about the SEC Network. There were mistakes galore. It started off when they were when they were tossing it to the uh, play-by-play guy and the uh, color guy. The guy said that Southern Miss was one in sixteen all-time versus the SEC, which is not true. <laughs> uh, their graphic had us listed as zero and one in Conference USA, and coming back from I don't know if it was the half or the two-hour and forty-four minute break. But she said she spoke with uh, the sideline reporter said I spoke with Southern Miss head coach Jay Hudson. So Goodness gracious! They they didn't really take their research or job seriously, and then I mean like their focus is the whole time was on the Auburn Tigers. I get it. I know what network we we're on. It does it shouldn't come as a surprise, but it's almost laughable at times the lack yeah. of effort that's put into covering our games. Do a little homework. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, mean, you might as well like for our podcast. I print out some notes. I do a little prep. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if you're in a national broadcast, you might want to go ahead and, you if, know, if anybody understands what it's like to be wrong, it's us. But uh, <laughs> we are Very fanboy true. journalists. We're not paid by any network or anything else. So, you know, if you're getting paid for this and you're trying to be professional, you should at least put forth some effort. That's what I've always said. Hey, but, you know, also one slip up that they had during the game was that they called Auburn, Alabama. That is true. And it just made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of understand, honestly. I can kind of, well, I can't. I'm not sitting in my seat, but I can, uh, from a national perspective, I can kind of sort of see where a referee or a, an announcer might mistake Southern Miss for Mississippi or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think it's at a whole different level, honestly. Um, Mistaking Auburn for Alabama, and and that was just especially on the SEC network. It was just great, great fun, good times. 
So, like we mentioned, so Southern Miss starts off the game, and you could tell uh, from the opening kickoff that that Southern Miss came to play. And we 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 of course we struggled some on offense, but that's a given given the defense we were up against. Our defense more than held their own, and most of all, you got paid. Oh, Daddy did get paid. Uh, went down to uh, stayed a couple nights uh, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and uh, ended up placing a couple bets. One bet was on the over-under uh, for the Thursday night um, NFL game. Took the over, won that one. And you, I mean, you were one point off of that by halftime. Right, yeah. I mean, the over was the over-under was 49. And I'm not a gambler guy, but I just looked at it and said, wow, you know, the Rams, they score a lot. It's a Thursday game. They're usually sloppy. Um, the Vikings got to have a win, and there's two players missing in the secondary. So, anyway, that was fun. And then the Southern Miss game, uh, it was 30 and a half. We had talked about it on last week's show. The spread was at 30 and a half. By the time I got to the line, it was down to 27, but it's not like I was putting my deed to the house on it. So I went ahead and got down with that and won that one too. So I'm a uh, two for two. Not bad. Not bad at all. We mentioned the break. So Southern Miss gets probably about three minutes away from halftime down 14 to three, but you know, it, it felt like we were in this game. It didn't feel like we were 30-point underdogs. I felt like from the very first snap that it was a very evenly matched game. I mean, I don't know if it's me being fanboy there or not. I, I thought that and, – and, and as it turns out, it was a very evenly played game. Um, two really good defenses. Auburn's defense probably a little bit better. Um and that was kind of it. Uh, e- even some of Auburn's scores, you know, like we annihilated their quarterback on that prayer they threw up, and the guy made a play in the end zone. It's not like he wasn't covered. Um, so yeah, man, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, I thought it was, a, I th- and I also thought it was a pretty fairly officiated game. Um, outside of that slant that was probably going to take it to the house, uh, there were several calls both ways that I thought should have been called the whole time. So. Yeah, two great defenses, two decent teams. Not positive about Auburn's number ten ranking in the country, but um, if if they are ranked number ten, then we just prove to a lot of our fans and probably our, our ourselves as um, as players on the on the team that you know we can hang. And are we back? I don't know, but I know that we can hang. And 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 it was just it was, it was good to see us put forth that kind of effort. I feel like that defense, that Auburn defense, is one of the best defenses we've seen in quite some time. And I think that you could kind of see the offense growing up a little bit. I mean, one thing you have to remember. Let's talk about the offense first. One thing you have to remember about this offense, you've got a lot of youth. You've got two seniors that are starters. You've got two juniors that are starters. The rest are freshmen and sophomores. That is crazy. You had a sophomore quarterback making his fourth start at this level. And... You know, I understand, you know, we didn't exactly light it up, but given who they were playing and given the fact that Vegas and so many people counted us out and for us to be in it there at the end of the game, I thought was really something. So on the offensive side of the ball, totally net yards, 45 yards rushing, 250 yards, 215 yards passing. You know, Jack was 30 for 40, 30 uh, for 44, two interceptions, one TD. So 
on paper, certainly not the best day. There were a couple of those throws you certainly would like to have back. That throw that was slightly behind Quez Watkins at the end that got in or got picked off. I mean, and that was when we were within one score of tying the game up. So, yeah, you'd like to see a little bit better in offense. And, and I, I saw people, you know, I know we talk about Shannon Dawson on here. We've talked about him before, but I thought the, the, some of the play calling the other day, I don't know what you could have run against that defense that would have been successful. I mean, they opened it up and they, they, you know, got down the field there in the third quarter, but Jack threw two interceptions, almost three. There was one that should have been a pick Mm, right right. there at the beginning of the game. So Mm -hmm. with their speed and with, you know, our youth and inexperience, it was, it's kind of tough to really say, Oh, if we would have done this, we would have won because I'm really not sure what we could have done against that defense. And this is this is going to be two weeks in a row, in, in a row that I guess we agree on on Shannon Dawson calling plays, which I never thought would happen. But I'm totally with you. I mean, what you know, the play calling was good again. Uh, there's a lot of plays that were called like behind the line. Um, you know, we're very limited, honestly, by uh, what we could do with um with Auburn's blitzing attack and just with the size that they had on the line and. And also, that's just kind of what we do. We run a lot of this stuff behind the line. Yeah. To, you know, so Yards we, played, we played Mosley more. Um, we had some creative slants and just, you know, not that we didn't throw the ball down the field, but you can't <clears> – you can sit back there for four and a half seconds and let your players get 40 yards down the field. So, I don't know. I I, I, I was not at all I, – I, I, I had zero problem with the way we called the game. I do understand the frustration. I do get that. But if you're being objective about it, I thought that that was a really solid defense that we were up against. And we're not going to see another defense like that all year. And this team is only going to get better. I mean, you think about this. The next time we play Auburn will be in two years. It will be Jack's senior year. You know, you will have your Quez Watkins, uh, you know, will be a senior. Travinsky Mosley, I guess, will be a junior. Steven Anderson. I mean, you got all these weapons that are going to be bigger, stronger, faster, more experienced. And, uh, you know, hey, if we can put up any kind of performance like we did this past weekend, if we only, if we can build on that, you know, we're going to give them some serious trouble in two years when we come back to the Plains. I know. It's like the same team, right? <laughs> it's going to yeah, be the same thing. Much, or, you know, yeah. I mean, plus or minus a few, but. Um, but the playmaker, every playmaker that you just mentioned is if they're important right now, they're going to be important two years from now. Um, and can we go ahead and give a little shout out to coach J hop with the, well, with, with how they're going about recruiting, you know, when he first got the job, he, he mentioned that, you know, by, by signing freshmen, uh, that's how you build a program. And, you know, I, what you just laid out right there sp- speaks to that point. And and um and also speaks exactly opposite of what Lane Kiffin did last year at FAU. I mean, just went and got a, a whole bunch of a, a few two-year guys, but a whole lot of one-year guys, and had one really good season. That's probably going to be it. So uh, so the plan's working. We're still not there scholarship-wise, um, but we're going to inch towards that as well. And um and yeah, man, it's it's going to be crazy to see this team just grow up right in front of our eyes. And they're getting, they're getting, they've gotten, the team this week was better than the team week one, I think, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, man, I, I just stay the course. Everybody stay patient. Don't, 
freak out when we have a one point loss like we did, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> uh, and and just and just let this thing let this thing breathe, and let's and let's see where Jay Hop can take us. I think it's yeah. I think you know when he was first hired. I remember Coach Bauer talking about it's going to take about four years. You got to be patient with him, and uh, it was tough to kind of comprehend because we were coming off uh, a ridiculous year. You know, nine and five, going back to a bowl when we'd been you know vacant from any kind of postseason hopes for the previous three years we were vacant from any chance at winning two of those years so um you know i think it's kind of tough to to comprehend what mungan had to do to make it work and what it's going to do to take to, to get the the scholarship numbers back up to anything close to an 85 man roster we've basically been on probation since 2012 and uh a self-inflicted probation so to speak but still a probation but jay hops focus where he's where he Makes his money is on the defensive side of the ball, and I thought the defense played an excellent game the other day. You know, um, a lot of our stuff is pretty comparable. Uh, you know, we had 15 first downs, they had 17. Um, total rushing yards, we held them under 100 yards, I think was the first time that's happened since their second game of 2017. Uh, we held them to 245 passing yards. Um, I thought the defense was stellar, uh, given the certain, and, and, you know, we were, like I said, we were 30. Well, at the time the line came down to the time the game started, it was 27, but still being 27 point dogs and, and put, putting on that kind of effort was very impressive. And did it with, it's not like we had a ton of exotic schemes defensively, man, we got some push. We got push on that line all night long. Uh, we were pushing into the backfield. Um, and I never thought that we really struggled depth wise. You know, towards the end of the game, that's kind of how a lot of SEC teams do it, right? Yeah. And they wear you down. And then at the end, you just, you're out of gas. I didn't feel like we ran out of gas. I know we had some serious delays and maybe that helped. I don't know. But, um, it looked like our defensive line, our defensive line was better than their offensive line <clears throat> all night long. And you could tell they got jumpy. That big number 76, maybe. He had two or three times where he jumped before the snap. So, and if you read, uh, Nick, Nick Suss did a great article. He does these things where he goes after the game and he does a film study, includes video as well as, um, as well as the print. And he talked about it on there and, and he, and he backed it up with video evidence that we're, we're getting push, uh, with just those front five. And <clears throat> that's, um, that's really nice to see against a quote unquote, you know, SEC program. Absolutely. Special teams. Well, before we move to special teams, the pass rushing ability of uh, Jacquez Turner was was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I believe he ha- he's the one that knocked the uh, ball out of the quarterback's hands, the forced fumble that Pax Pax recovered. Uh, you could, he's really growing up in his sophomore season. Yep, <laughs> he is. I mean, just pick a guy back there. You know, we, we, we look we looked fast. We yeah. looked fast and we looked prepared, and that's that's what we heard about all year going into uh going into <clears throat> the fall camp was you know you always hear it flying around the ball and you know defensive pressure and it's it's funny how it took us playing an Auburn team that runs the ball a lot to finally get some more sacks. <laughs> I think we came into the game with two and we had three that game, so more than doubled our yearly sack total 
from playing a top 10 team, which is just crazy. But it, it's maybe we figured it out. Maybe we finally figured it out. Maybe our defense stacks up better against that sort of offensive attack uh, where they, they were just trying. They were going straight into the teeth of our of, of our strength on defense. Um, we'll find out. You know, we got another week off this week. And we'll see what North Texas does, but I don't think they're going to do that. They throw the ball anyway. So we'll see. Hopefully we gain some confidence, get some guys healthy, and see what we got next week. I think the team is going to progress as the season goes on. What's going to, what is going to be the telltale uh, of how the season is going to go will be how we respond to injuries. Um, because mm. the depth is a little suspect in, in, in several areas. Um, due to the scholarship numbers. So how we survive these injuries that are going to happen is going to determine how well this season goes for us. And having a two bye week certainly doesn't hurt the cause at all. Special teams, got to mention that. Parker Seanfield, my goodness. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tied his career high, hitting a 51-yarder with 720 remaining in the third quarter. Um, Demario Smith, who I believe had a... They kind of had a, a punt that he was move, moving position, and I think the the ball hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people yeah, thought that, looked, a, that, that, that looked really weird. But he, he comes back around and he blocks the uh, Auburn's fifty three year old, uh, fifty three year old, fifty three yard <laughs> field goal attempt. Um, so he he more than made up for it by blocking their field goal. We forced Auburn to punt the ball a total of eight times marking the highest punt total for the Tigers since they faced Clemson on September 9th, 2017. Huh. It's cool. It, it, you know, did, did that game remind you of back in the Bauer days or what? I, it definitely had that feel. You you know, Coach Hobson in the in the preseason, you remember at the, the um, media day press conference, he was talking about how, you know, some of these guys reminded him, especially in the secondary, reminded him of like the Greg Brooks, the Alex Rays, the mm-hmm. guys that played yeah. on those early 2000s teams. And, and you can kind of see that excitement on defense. Um, I think the difference between the Bauer teams is, is the ability to run the ball. But I think that as time goes on, um, this passing attack will be something that we did not see back then as much. You know, there were several times where you might crack a 300 or 400 yard game, but for the most part, our bread and butter was running the ball, and I, I don't think that's going to be the case with this team. So, as it, the as it, the year goes on, and as the next two years go along, it's going to be interesting to see how this team progresses. Um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a great time, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. So that game's out of the way. We're going into the bye week this week. Do you have any plans for the bye week? Uh, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, I know I texted you and Shane the other day. I was looking up hotels in Denton, Texas. <laughs> oh wow! And then, well, and and then I, then I looked at the schedule and I was like, wait a minute, we don't play this week. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, go check them out. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend, no man, I don't have any plans. Um, what about you? I am going to Minneapolis. Oh, is that this week? That is this week, and I don't okay. know. Like I've been looking at for stuff to do because um, my wife has some work stuff to do up there. Um, I may go to the Timberwolves preseason game. Tickets are really cheap for that. But on Saturday, Southern Miss, not Southern Miss. Well, I guess you could say Southern Miss. Iowa is taking on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So I'm considering making an appearance at the festivities wearing my Southern Miss Eagle Head apparel and just I seeing what happens. 
well, I, I, you know, I was like, I could do this. And then I looked at the ticket prices. I'm like, I don't know if I want to fork that much money out just for a stunt. <laughs> but I may go wander around. Just, t- just go tailgate. tailgate. Yeah, I may All go right. wander around tailgate and just see what happens. Take uh, the big flag that we have. There you go. That says Southern Miss on it. Just to really confuse people. Just to confuse, and they'll be like, "Oh, we're you're going down today," and I'll be like, "We're not even. <laughs> let me tell you something, buddy. We're not even going to show up." <laughs> that's awesome. If you do that, you got to go Facebook Live. That's that's the deal. I'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how I'm feeling. I may just fall asleep and just stay there for a while. But hey, uh, let me ask you something about the last game, real quick. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned the injury. I mean, you, you mentioned getting beat up and you know staying healthy throughout the year. Did we did we have any significant injuries? I don't remember any. Well, I know we're probably just straight up just beat up from playing, but we had some guys get banged up, but I, I didn't see anything that was anything to be alarmed about, really. So, um, as far as I know, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't recall of anything. I, I know we had a couple of you know small injuries here or there, but I don't recall of anything that would you know set us back for a while. So, the second thing I want to ask you, um, when the next depth chart comes out. Do you see Mosley moving into that number one spot? No, I think I don't. I, th- I don't think the running back position right now. I don't think the starter matters. I think it's going to rotate in and around. I think eventually that could be the case, but I think that uh, you know the big thing, the big reason that Tez is is still up there is his pass blocking ability and and knowing where to go in those situations. So I think you know we could see something different on down the line, but. I don't, as far as like playing time goes, I don't think starter matters right now. I think they're going to have a healthy rotation of all three. Um, eventually, yeah. I mean, he, he just seems like he's the best, best running back we got as far as skill level goes. Um, but they all, all three that we're playing right now bring something different to the table. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it'll, I definitely think Mosley has a, a world of potential, but then you got to consider, you know, you got to consider the guys that we have. Uh, coming back in uh, Mayberry, how's he going to fit into the mix? He seems like he could have uh, just as much potential, especially from a sp- speed level right. compared to anybody else. I thought Tez made some decent plays the other day. He did a couple of catches for first downs and and the like, and it was really tough for us to run the ball, period. You, you saw with the, you know, what was it, 49 rushing yards we had in the game. So I think eventually that could take place. I don't know that it'll happen Sooner rather than later, but I think as the season goes along, you could see him getting more and more involved in the offense. Right, I agree. He, he he's bigger than I thought. He, I mean, he, he he can take a punch uh, more than I was expecting. I, I was I was thinking, you know, scat back uh, before I actually got to see him. He was floor. I mean, he was flooring but, dudes. He was manning yeah. up on guys and just straight up knocking them over. I mean, it, without any much. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Okay, never mind. It did. I read it wrong. Patrick McGee just tweeted: Southern Miss coach Jay Hobson says that Travinsky Travinsky Mosley will start to receive more carries at running back. Really? So, so I saw right st- now. I saw start, and I was like, ah, oh, he's going to start, and he's no, he's just going to start to receive more. He's going to start cool. to receive more carries. So and deserve deservedly so. He's he's got all the potential in the world, and gosh, we got we got three more years after him. Of him after this season, so man, well, at the end of his career, we could almost have three running backs in the NFL. Absolutely, cool. All right, let's 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 roll. Let's roll. Sorry about that. That was a sidetrack, but I had to get your opinion on the on the running back situation. No, good banter, good banter. So, 
like you mentioned, we're on by this week. The following week, we are going to take on the North Texas Mean Green, who suffered a defeat to Louisiana Tech this weekend. That conference race, I'm not going to pull it up right now and go through everything because we're kind of a little too early in the season for it. But Conference USA is wide open right now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how this, this season plays out. Uh, but the next game, the next homecoming, the next game at home, homecoming, that's going to be on Saturday, October the 20th for that game. Of course, it is homecoming. Also, it is letter winners day, so they're going to recognize all the letter winners from football and all sports during the game. Letter winners are invited to the M Club before the game and should contact their sports program for additional tailgate information. You, all letter winners will also receive two tickets to the game. So you can go on southernmiss.com and register for that. There's also a USM cheer clinic if you want to uh, bring the kids out to the cheer clinic. Breast Cancer Awareness, they have a, a partnering, partnering with Forest General Hospital to... Why am I stepping over myself when I'm talking that? I'm stuttering like... Are you nervous? Like a drunk coxie. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Junior Eagle Funland and the like. Okay, so let's go to the alumni calendar. So homecoming week, October 15th through the 19th. They have several festivities throughout the week. And this is going to be updated as time goes along. Uh, Thursday, October 18th, they have a Dixie Darling Social at the Hilton Garden Inn at 6.30 p.m. On Friday at 8.30 a.m., the Shell Finish Line slash Alumni Association Homecoming Golf Tournament. That will take place at Hattiesburg Country Club. 1 p.m., they have a Dixie Darling alumni uh, registration at the St. Thomas Catholic Church. Then they have alumni practice from 1.30 to 3. Then they have alumni and current Dixie Darling practice from 3.15 to 5. Then that night at the Thad Cochran Center Ballroom, they're going to have the Alumni Hall of Fame. Quite a laundry list of alumni being inducted into that this year. And then 7 to 9, they have a Dixie Darling alumni reunion dinner. I guess all of my announcements are Dixie Darling related as of right now, but that's what's on the calendar. Also that night, you heard about it at the beginning of the show. You've heard about it the past few weeks. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater. Get your tickets now. Come to town a day or two early. Come check it out. Then on Saturday, it's going to be the 23rd annual homecoming 5K Eagle Run hosted by the Athletic Training Club and School of Health Professionals. That's going to be on the campus of Southern Miss. Then at 11 a.m., the annual homecoming parade, so forth and so on, all the way to Eagle Walk, which will take place at 4 p.m., and then Southern Miss will take the field against UTSA at 6 p.m. I know me and you have talked about this, and we've already been receiving all kind of messages phone calls about people coming back for this game. So I think it's going to be an amazing time. You know, I see some people, some some hardcore Southern Miss fans on social media, you know, talking about the size of the crowds or, um, you know, they, they'll put, a, put up a graphic of how many tickets are left out there. And I don't know that that is going to work. I don't know that shaming people works or mm-hmm. – but what does work – is triggering a fear of missing out. I think back to in the, the the Fedora days when when you know 2011 was happening. I had friends of mine who didn't even go to Southern Miss that f- wanted to see what the hype was about. They wanted to come out and tailgate. They wanted to come to the games. They wanted to see them light them up, light up the scoreboard. So this fear of missing out is something that uh, I think that is the most effective way to get people to come out. They come out, they have a good time, they get engaged. 
you know, come out to Eagle Walk. You high five all the players. You know, it, it's such a great way to get people feeling like they're a part of something. Um, invite people out to the game. Uh, old alumni that you may have gone to the school with is a great time to, you know, reach out to them and, and try to get them to come back out to the game. You can even buy, I believe you can buy military tickets through the ticket office. But this environment for uh, homecoming is only going to be as exciting as we make it. Uh, regardless of how it really is, man, just go out and have a blast. Have a great, t- we always have a blast at any game, regardless mm-hmm. of who shows up. But I think this one has the chance to be extra special and it has the chance to kind of hook people into coming back for games in the future. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we had a few guys come out last game that, um, I'm not sure if they've never been to a Southern Miss game. I know they don't often go to Southern Miss games and, uh, I know they had, they, they had an absolute blast. Uh, and they definitely had never seen an eagle walk, and um, they couldn't believe it. They're like, "Man, so the players just come right through here? Wow, that's that's cool." And I I, I mentioned to them also that where we stand is kind of the family friendly part of the eagle walk. <laughs> you know, once you get down there, this is the corner where the baseball guys are, and and then through the actual tunnel, it goes nuts. Um, but we've been in that same spot, and uh, we can't leave now because we've been there for so long that I think that we would screw up the gree somehow if we if we moved. But um, we've we've gotten yeah. a little more family friendly over the past eight, seven, eight years. I do. Shotgun and beer is is, is history. <laughs> and not not yelling at the coach that he should resign. Uh, oh, like we didn't want. Yeah. And he didn't even. I don't even think he went through Eagle Walk his he last didn't. game. He quit. Yeah. That. Okay. Well, back to the Auburn game. I made this point on social media, but one team you could tell had had recovered. From Ellis Johnson, one hadn't, but I think we're both in better places, <laughs> not having him around. So, War Eagle, best of luck to you guys. Go moving forward. I, I I don't have to cheer against you like I did at one. I mean, I don't cheer for you, but I didn't have to. I don't have to cheer against you mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. I, I I like the I like the eagle part of their thing. Yeah. Oh, dude, so many people shared that shared that meme that we put up the other day. The the um, hashtag real, real you know, damn eagle. Yeah, because there that's just like war damn eagle. So we just said real damn eagle and fake damn eagle and put a picture of Seymour and put a picture of Albie, their mascot. And uh, we had a lot of shares, man. We had a lot of views on that on all the social media outlets. I saw a lot of people sharing it, and I loved it because I saw a lot of people hashtagging real damn eagle and stuff. I on saw Twitter. that. That's so great. That was amazing. That was terrific. I wish I could act like I had a part in that, but I didn't. I was you, just you, I, you I, I retweeted. <laughs> Well, let's go to some other Southern Miss related news. We got a new football commit today. His name is Coker Wright. He's a 6'4, 275 pound offensive guard at Brookhaven High School, which is the high school that Trace Clopton as well as JJ, John, uh, JJ Jones came from. He had offers, I think he had like 18 offers, Arkansas State, Illinois, ULM, uh, Lafayette, Army, Navy, Middleton, Nebraska, Troy, Tulane, and Yale. So he must have some smarts to him, hmm. but he chose to uh, commit to the Golden Eagles today. Uh, just another another uh, puzzle piece in a very stellar recruiting class. This could end up being Jay Hobson's best class to date. So we'll see how this shakes out when it comes to December and February. But I love getting these big uglies that can come in and play. Yeah, props to Hop. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Um but it probably doesn't hurt watching games like the other night. I know we didn't come out with a win, but I feel like we opened a lot of eyes. Don't you? Absolutely. 
just people saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? I remember this team. I remember what this looks like. Southern Miss football is, is on the way back. And it's it's showing every day. Also this past weekend, Ito Smith scored his first touchdown this past Sunday as the Atlanta Falcons took on the Cincinnati Bengals. So congratulations to Ito. Hopefully many more touchdowns and many more Falcons losses. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully many more touchdowns for Ito. Sky's the limit. All that. I mean, you can't not cheer for Ito. It's tough cheering for the Falcons, but it's, you, you can't not right. cheer for Ito. Hey, I got him on my fantasy team. Well, that's good. I mean, he actually delivered this past week. I, I You could see him kind of getting in the mix two weeks ago, and I kind of felt like I might should take a flyer on him this week, but I didn't. Um. Oh, and well, Nick- yeah, I mean, the, well, the guy that I had was projected to get six points and Egypt, Ito was projected to get six points. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Ito. <laughs> Absolutely. You might, you might as well. Hmm? You could take, you could, you could play Ito and Jalen Richard. Ooh, but I'll tell you, I, I tell you what I did do in fantasy that was, uh, is as good of a play as Ito was. Um, the flip side of that, I did not play Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, he only had six touchdown passes, so still won in my game. I, I still won my game, but well, yeah, I'm looking at 61 points on the bench. Awesome. Uh, I didn't do anything that dire, but my dumbass forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to change out Sam Bradford for Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I still won my game, but Fitzpatrick had three points. Kirk Cousins. No, I just said Sam Bradford. I meant Kirk Cousins. No, I don't have. I was just thinking Vikings. Kirk Cousins had 37.7 points, but I mm. played Ryan Fitzpatrick who had three points. I did. I, like Thursday was just such a mess. I forgot to change him out. But yeah. uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you are in my league, he will be on the waiver wire as of tomorrow. So you guys go out there and pick him up. Have a great, great time with him. <laughs> uh, other news. Nick Mullins almost saw action this past weekend. The 49ers starter, C.J. Beathard, got banged up but recovered enough time to come back into the game. So Nick Mullins, while on the active roster for the 49ers, has yet to see his first regular season NFL action. Yesterday, Rakeem Nunez-Roches announced via Instagram that he was signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and reuniting with Todd Munkin. So congratulations to Nacho. Um, always good to get another Golden Eagle in the NFL. In baseball news, the Los Angeles Dodgers win the NL West and are headed to the playoffs. So Brian Dozier will be in the playoffs this year. I know we got a lot of Braves fans. I'm sorry to say you're probably not going to win if you play the Dodgers. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Brian Dozier can go all the way. Although it's, it definitely gets tricky when you get into the AL teams. So best of luck to Brian Dozier. And I, I posted one of the photos of him celebrating, and it's just great to see. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly dilly. <laughs> All right, let's shut it down. We've, we've yapped long enough. Special thanks to our guest, Jim Cole. You can follow him at J-I-M-C-O-L-L. You can follow us at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Jason at Bumper J Bailey. We're on Facebook as well. And Instagram now, at To The Top Talk. Like I said earlier in the show, upcoming comedy shows, Friday, October 19th, the night before homecoming, one of the biggest shows to come to the Hub City, Hannibal Burris. You've seen him on all the movies, all the late night shows, all the comedy specials. Go watch him on Netflix right now or YouTube if you want to see what he's about. Make sure he's your speed of comedy before you come out. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater. Tickets on sale now. We've, there's, we've still got some left, so go snatch them up.
Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Tell your friends. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, also tell your friends. Spread the black and gold gospel. Uh, You're all your favorite dad jokes each and every week, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Jason, you have any final thoughts before we dip out? Uh, Two things. Number one, the homecoming run. I'm going to do that. Why? Uh, Because, man, I'm fat. I got to lose some fat. I know you're fat, but you also have a bum quad. Not anymore. We've we've talked about this. I'm back. But you're look, in your number 40s two, now. I want somebody to invite me to this golf thing and pay my way. Okay, well, uh, if anyone wants to start a Kickstarter for Jason and his <laughs> golf outings, you feel free. Hey, I'll bring the beer. Homecoming's gonna be a long day, dude. Yes. I know you got a baby and all, but you got to think starting about starting off with a run. It's happening. You got to think in about fact, your endurance fact, for everything that's gonna take place that day. And you, we can't have you. I mean, you're not gonna have time to get a handicap parking pass and park up front. I'm winning the race. You're gonna you're gonna have to wobble up those stairs and then back down the stairs when we get in the stadium. (laughs) That's true. This is very true. I mean, I'm running the race, man. I'm running the race. God bless you, man. Come out there and watch me. I don't know. I'm gonna be asleep, bro. I'm not gonna get up. (laughs) I didn't have kids for this reason, so I could sleep in and then get. motivated for game day all right let, all right we're good guys let's shut it down and as always southern miss to the top talk